Hello. How are you? How's everybody doing? It's been a while. Staring out onto a cold but sunny, therefore, uh, I'll say nice, brisk February day. Uh, it's been a while since there has been a podcast. I apologize for that. Decided to roll out a podcast that I've been thinking about doing for two years during a time when I've decided to take a step back from things like social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, even Twitter, which is my, um, I guess my drug of choice when it comes to social media, but trying to take a step back from all of those things and then simultaneously trying to launch and find the, uh, geez, what's the word? Find the drive to, do this to make a podcast uh, every week, like I said, <laughs> laughingly, uh, I would do when this first uh, came to fruition back in the fall. But here we are anyways, uh, happy that you're here and back. Uh, hope you've been staying well and healthy. Hope your holidays were good. Happy New Year and all that stuff. We're well past those kind of social graces. It's February. Anybody that tells you Happy New Year now, uh, you should maybe slap them or whatever the appropriate social distancing equivalent is of slapping give them an e-slap i don't know don't give them the elbow that's the equivalent to a handshake now don't elbow them in the face uh don't shane churla them that's a reference that uh, a select few people will get but uh, yeah this week it's uh back we're back with our second ever guest i'm very thankful to have jason parks on the podcast this week had a really good in-depth conversation with him jason is the editor of the Picton Gazette, Canada's oldest. Uh, mm, I should have looked that up before I started this, but it has one of those titles anyway, as Canada's oldest uh, independently owned newspapers. I might've even nailed it there, but uh, Jason has been the editor editor at the Picton Gazette for two years, but he's been with them uh, much longer than that. He started as a photographer and even as an intern back uh, in his days at PECI, which is where Jason and I first met. And, you know, through things like hockey, uh softball slow pitch uh and just kind of both having our ears to the ground in different kind of sorts of capacities here in prince edward county over the years uh happy to call him a friend and and a colleague and i think he's done a pretty good job uh with the picton gazette if you haven't read uh we talk about this a little bit more in depth in the conversation but if you haven't read his editorial last week uh, on the heels of uh the Bell Let's Talk Mental Health Awareness Day. Uh, I highly recommend it. Pick it up. Pick it up, and if maybe if you read it, uh, pick it up and read it again if you still have your copy of last week's Picnic Gazette, because uh, he does a great job talking about a particular incident that happened in his life that uh, you know he's had to reflect on and and. Uh, work to kind of reconciling. So yeah, uh, great conversation coming up with Jason Parks. Uh, hope you'll enjoy it. He's a really uh, well-spoken guy. Uh, him and I could probably do one of these every day, uh, to be honest with you. But uh, coming up, hope you enjoy the conversation with Jason. Jason, thank you for taking the time uh, out of, I'm sure you're very busy schedule as uh, a career man and as a dad, uh, as a grandfather and as an ice fisherman to, to talk to me today. <laughs> well, you've caught me in the uh, post uh, deadline uh, refractory period. 
that uh, that comes after I put the the paper together. So uh, so I don't mind at all. Uh, uh, you know, uh, spending a few moments uh, Mike's side with you. That's uh, going to be a highlight of the day. Oh well, awesome. Mine too. I uh, really appreciate that. So how, first and foremost, how are things? How are how are you and how are the family doing? Is everybody uh, uh, healthy good. and good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 always a challenge with teenagers and kids and and that, and especially in pandemic times, uh, it's not the uh, not the easiest uh, trail we've ever trekked. But uh, you know, it's you try to take each day as a blessing and 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 move on from there and uh, and try to get better each day. So uh, so that's uh, that's the holding pattern that we're in right now, and uh, you know, hopefully thinking about. Uh, better times this summer and uh, a little more freedom, a little more ability to, to, uh, to do things. Uh, I hope that's coming. And uh, I think we could all appreciate that. Yeah. I hear you on the holding pattern thing. That's kind of been a, something that I've kind of taken on myself is just, it's kind of a methodology to, to get me through, you know, one day at a time. And that's kind of the other thing here is right. You know, just uh, today's one day, tomorrow will be another day. And, uh, and that's what we got. And that's what we got to work with. So Obviously, that's a lot uh, easier said than done on some days, but uh, as we, I feel like we've really been in kind of the dog days of this, right, as we kind of got through the post-holidays into the long January, and everybody's kind of, I think, I think it's hitting people hardest, I think, these days as we uh, kind of get in, and we're in the slog of it now, COVID-wise. I think if you looked at the societal challenges that we have right now, and uh, and sort of the attitudes, the prevailing attitudes, and uh you know, like, uh, when it comes to things like the vaccine, like I'm, I'm like, get that needle in me now and, yeah. uh, and, and, and let's go. Uh, I, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for this to be over. I think we're all ready for this to be over. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's been a, a, a dark cloud for, for quite a while and we're ready to see the sun again. So I know one of the ways that, uh, well, COVID or otherwise this time of year that uh, you escape is ice fishing. And we've had some days of sustained cold now that I'm sure you have appreciated. How is the season going? It's, it's, it's going okay. I've done, I've done okay. Uh, you know, I think I've got about 10 walleye so far and about uh, as many number of trips. So, so it's, uh, you know, uh, about, about where it should be. I see a lot of people are, are out and enjoying it and doing quite well. And that's good. It's, uh, for me, it's the, uh, it's the isolation. Uh, I mean, I, obviously I, when the kids want to go, I take them or go with a buddy or that sort of thing. But, uh, the best times I ever have on the ice is, are, uh, would be when I'm by myself and, uh, and, uh, just, uh, enjoying the, uh, the sunsets and the wind and the, and the, and the peace and quiet of it all, it's, it, 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 uh, you know, obviously it's a, it's a sporting challenge, uh, but, but you know, there's a, uh, you know, and, and it's not for the faint of heart or the, the fair weather people. It's, uh, it's something, you know, you're battling elements and, and getting cold and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, but there's a, a solitude within it that, uh, you know, that just, every time it comes around in, uh, you know, uh, mid to the end of November or December, um, you know, I just, I, I need that escape and it's, and it's a, it's a really, a really great escape. It's a great way to recharge and, and, uh, you know, sp spend the afternoon or go out in the, uh, in the very early morning when it's still dark and, uh, and watch the sunrise, uh, up over the bay. It's, uh, you know, really spectacular. And then, you know, the, uh, 
the ability to uh, to angle a fish uh, is 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 uh, part and parcel of all that. So it's uh, for for me, it's more it's you know I, I enjoy a lot of facets of it, but it's it's more the the mental health benefit is is probably the number one. If you're going to list the reasons I go out there, that would probably be number one. Yeah, you speak. Uh, I think it's the solitude that you speak of that that has always drawn me to ice fishing. And I say that having done it a handful of times in my life, like it's something that uh, that I've always kind of wanted to do more. Like I've always, and eventually I might get around to it. Usually, when an idea comes up in my head, I need about a decade to, to, to practice from theory. So, like this like podcast, for instance. So, but but I do get that point of solitude, and I've kind of found that with myself with paddleboarding. Yeah, in the summer, like uh, I take my nephews when 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 I can and when they want to go. And, um, you know, I bought two paddle boards for a reason, um, you know, uh, have some friends and things that, that go. But I find that I enjoy it most when I am alone, like mm-hmm. when I'm paddling the outlet river and, you know, I'm the only one there. Uh, I might cleaver might interrupt me on his boat fishing or something like that. But uh, uh, other than that, it's the solitude that I really find that I enjoy with it. So I can certainly see that with something like ice fishing too. And that probably makes sense why I'm attracted to it also. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so my first, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. I feel like I have, but, but my first memory of you um, is uh, walking the halls of PCI. This would have been in 1995. So I was in grade 10. I don't know where that puts you. But you were you were holding court in the uh, on the carpet, and if anybody who's gone to PCI uh, of a certain age, I guess, or a certain generation knows what the carpet or where the carpet area was in PCI, right, right in the main, what would you call that? Atrium, foyer, foyer, yeah, foyer was a big word uh, or or a funny word I knew only because of schools uh, when I was a kid. But uh, it was referendum day in 1995, and you were holding court. Uh, you had a Quebec flag. And you were pontificating about the benefits of, you know, um, the no vote. State, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nash, Nash, the nationalism. Yeah, Canada staying the course and uh, not breaking up. And you know, I, I think back to myself at that time, being a fourteen-year-old punk, well, as punk as you can be from Wapoos, which really you can't be, um, but not knowing anything, right? And just thinking, you know, my thought of Quebec at the time was. My, my dad is a Bruins fan. I grew up to hate the Montreal Canadiens, yeah. like a lot of English-speaking kids. Um, and so, therefore, that was my thought of Quebec. And I was fine if they left. That meant maybe Montreal was going to be out of the NHL and I didn't have to see Patrick Waugh anymore or something like that. Yeah, but sure. uh, I don't know. Something about that, uh, like to, to see someone, I guess, of our age or your age or my age, whatever, at the time, just uh, seeming to care and like you, you actually kind of flipped my mindset around that to see like, uh, okay, yeah, maybe this isn't such a good thing. Um, and uh, so that was my first memory of you. I don't know if you remember uh, that day or like, it's not, we didn't meet formally. I was just walking, you know, past in a, on, on route to another class or something, but uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember holding court that day. I, uh, I, so I, I vague, uh, obviously I spent nearly every uh, break and, and uh lunch hour period uh there as did a lot of people and uh so i i um you know i don't i don't i remember uh discussing the referendum a lot uh when uh, in the lead up to it in the in the in the fall when it was um because i believe i had a either it was a history or a civics class 
so so that was a an ongoing topic of discussion every day who said what what uh, what were the polls saying um what was going on remember the big rally and they and they busted out the canadian yeah. flag at, in in downtown montreal um so so you know that was that was uh i don't remember exactly waving the fleur de lis in the in the in the at the carpet area and 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 yelling about national unity but I, it doesn't sound like uh you know knowing me i probably did it so uh, but uh that's that's the price of uh, uh that's the cause and effect of being um sort of uh, exposed uh to journalism and and uh and I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but exposed to journalism and exposed to news and media uh, from an early age, um, you know, and uh, and sort of reading and consuming quite a bit of uh, information and, and and viewpoints and and kind of determining, uh, you know, being aware of of what's happening in the world. And and from a very young age, I was uh, I was certainly aware of of. Of what was happening it, it the 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 toehold was sports um but then uh you know as i got older and, and progressed um all of a sudden um hard news uh, started to matter a lot more as well and uh, and it sort of dovetailed uh, together um with uh with 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 sports so uh yeah that's that's the that's the cause and effect of being exposed to exposed to media and journalism from a very uh young age yeah, and I think uh, to a certain extent, we followed the same trajectory there in terms of, you know, sports being the foothold. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm not a geek for it, but like I know my geography well. And I feel mm -hmm. like a big reason of that is due to sports. Like I knew where, you know, Cleveland was because I knew there was a basketball team there. I knew there was a baseball team there, right? Like, so yeah. at eight, I knew like I could name probably all the capitals in, in the US or something like that. So, sports being a toehold and then yeah like you said into kind of harder news uh that's a good segue into kind of the jason parks origin story uh kind yeah. of your upbringing how do you how did you like what was your avenue into that kind of world um well there, there was a there was a uh, a magnificent blue bag at the end of the uh parks farm uh driveway every morning and it had uh stories from around the world news of the world <laughs> that's a cop to copyright infringe on that new movie uh, but uh uh so my dad uh, had a, a subscription to the toronto star and uh and so you know from from as soon as i could read and as soon as i realized that i liked uh, baseball and hockey and and whatnot uh you know the star sports section was uh was in my hands from the age of uh, about 11 or 12 and uh and every morning uh you know pour over it and uh, and check it out and read it and that just led to uh that was the uh, gateway drug to uh, media and so that was uh you know all of a sudden i wasn't just reading the sports section i was also reading the uh, the uh the front the the section a or the main the main uh, section of the toronto star as well um, you know, wasn't wasn't really getting down on business or, or lifestyle or uh, you know any of those things or classifieds or or what have you, but but certainly uh, section A and usually it was section C uh, sports those were the those were the two go tos and uh, and 
you know, my dad also had uh, Sports Illustrated and a few other periodicals, Ontario Snowmobiler and, uh, and that sort of thing. So, so reading and, and reading news, and reading uh, opinions was a, a big part of my, uh, my childhood. Yeah, similarly, uh, we didn't have the star. So that little, the, the, the blue bag at the end of our driveway was, <laughs> was the uh, Kingston Whig Standard. Oh, there you go. Yeah. At, at the time. And, uh, you know, it had to me at the time in Wapoose, I mean, that might as well have been the moon. Um, you know, I just remember, and the same thing, it all started with sports and it kind of branched out from there. Um, really looked forward to the weekend editions because, you know, that's when the sports pages were, were, were the best. Uh, and I remember the Toronto star, I think uh, my grandparents actually in Wellington had uh, the star. And I remember like specifically the Saturday star, uh, being in really good sports section and really uh, being in detail and the kind of thing I wanted. And then same thing, Sports Illustrated too, uh, from a young age, just uh, my grandmother got me a gift subscription to that. And I was reading about things, basketball and football that I had no idea even really existed, right? But uh, it's it's crazy how things like that can uh, open your worldview. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, between that and... Uh listening to Jack Miller, uh, 810 every morning on the big 800 on Donnie Ostrander's uh, school bus <laughs> on the way to Athol Central. It was, uh, you know, I certainly wasn't, uh, uh, I wasn't living in a, in a journalism desert. Uh, that's, that's for sure. It was, uh, uh, high times indeed for, <laughs> for young Jason Barks to get his, uh, to get his media fill. So it was, uh, it, it was all good. And I would say that's, that was sort of the hook. Um, you know, uh, at an early age into, into the uh, career path I ended up choosing. Well, we'll certainly dive into uh, the journalistic side of your career, uh, certainly where you are now here a little bit later on, but uh, I want to learn a little bit more of, again, the Jason Parks origin story. Now you grew up, Parksland is kind of skews the line, right, between Bloomfield and Wellington. So I never knew, like, did you consider yourself a Bloomfield guy, a Wellington guy? Well, that's, so that's my grandparents and my uncles. So so, uh, oh, okay. so yeah, so I, uh, my dad branched out from the home farm, which was right. Yeah. Uh, it, literally my, my grandfather lived on the Bloomfield side. So he had a three, nine, three number. And huh. then my uncles, uh, and they, that was Parksdale, Parksdale farms. They had three, nine, nine numbers. <laughs> so literally, literally the, uh, the drawing line was right in that stretch between my grandfather's house who just turned a hundred, uh, last, uh, earlier. This I saw month. that. That's incredible. And, uh, wow. <laughs> and his, his, his dad lived to be, uh, 96. So, or 90, wow. he wasn't quite 97. Oscar wasn't quite 97. So there's a, there's quite a, quite a long bloodline on the park side. Of course, my, uh, my grandmother's side, the Foster side, they don't, they didn't last. They, they have not lived very long. Gary Foster being the exception to the rule, but uh, they, um, Scottish, uh, Scottish blood, they all had diabetes and, and cancer and stuff. Oh, so they, didn't, they were very healthy, but the park side, very, very, very healthy. Um, but anyway, uh, so, so that's, that was, so I lived out, I lived in Cherry Valley or the Athol Township, I guess. And, yeah, close to closer to Picton on the, gotcha. on the Athol Township side, but but no, they. Um, I would say it's that's that's a difficult one because I know my dad went to CML Snyder School, um, but I know they went to church in Bloomfield, so uh, you know it's one of those uh, gray areas where you can you can go one way or the other, and you're not looked upon by <laughs> by the folks in that town or village or whatever as. Uh, 
as uh, intruders. So uh, that's that's a good that's a good point. That 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 uh, sort of little uh, idiosyncrasy in, in Prince Edward County uh, is is somewhat still held today. So. Oh, it exists. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it makes me laugh when I talk to people and they try to pretend that it doesn't. Um, you know, it can be innocent enough, sure. But, uh, you know, there's certain people, certain last names, who you drive into certain towns and they're on their porch, they'll look at you and they'll yeah. pass some judgment. But, uh, you know, that's never yeah, it's not. It's way. obviously not as prevalent as it was, but it's, no. uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's still, hey, that's, uh, yeah, yeah there's still there's still some uh tribalism here in yeah, oh, ab- ab- absolutely <laughs> so when did sports uh start to become like an active part of your life like obviously you did your uh your your duty as a canadian and you you played hockey growing up um yep. and and some baseball too but uh yeah. tell me tell me a little bit about that growing up and some of the teams or some of the yeah, memories I- maybe some of the influences um that that you can pay homage to or whatever talking about going back Back in the day, we uh, played minor hockey here. Uh, I played novice rep uh, for Picton Minor Hockey Association. And then uh, uh, it came time to try out the next year. And uh, it, um, I remember spending the previous year a lot of hours in the car and tournaments and, and tr- a lot of traveling. And I just, I, uh, I just didn't like that as, as a, you know, 11 year old or kid or whatever. I just, nine or however old I was a novice and I just didn't really like it and uh I said I, I think I want to play house league because it'd be nice just to go to the rink on a Saturday morning play your game and and go home and and I had other things to do on the farm and snowmobiling and and different different things I wanted to do and uh so uh my mom and dad said yeah sure that's fine that's uh it <laughs> keeps us out of the car too so so I never I never I just played house league uh, up until midget and sort of the ranks get thinned a little bit and I was able to come back in midget and make the uh, all-star team then and uh, luckily we uh, we were so bad <laughs> that we didn't end up uh, the OMHA dumped us down in the in the playoffs usually they try to match you up with right. other teams that are are uh, of your caliber so you can at least uh, compete for the OMHA title against like teams so we ended up uh we ended up uh moving down a division and then we ended up winning the uh the omha title uh in 1996 so so that was that's probably a big uh sports highlight for me as as a player beating uh the mighty uh watford uh, ontario rotary kings at the time uh and uh getting to go to watford and and winning some big games up there and uh and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a nice, nice way to sort of cap off, uh, really my, uh, minor hockey, uh, career for sure, uh, with some, with some guys I'd come up with and, and, uh, you know, a few AP players and stuff. It was, uh, you know, something, a bond that we, a lot of us still share today. Uh, you talked earlier about, uh, that Picton Pirates general manager role. So I wanted to talk about that too. I, I, I must've been living, I think it was North Bay at the time. And I remember just catching up on the local news and it reading that uh, you had become the new general manager of the Pickton Pirates. I was like, Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, that seemed for me from an outsider and obviously from someone who didn't live uh, in town uh, out of the blue, but walk us through like how that, like the oral history of how that came to be and kind of your tenure with the Pirates, because you obviously had some incredible teams uh, throughout the years there. Yeah. That you, yeah. That you so, put together. <laughs> so that, that sort of, uh, 
you know, what, what you, what you can wind up falling into sometimes. Um, essentially I was covering the pirates at the time, excuse me, I'm just going to take a quick drink here. Yeah. So I was, I was covering the pirates at the time for the paper and, uh, um, I was also covering the Dukes for the paper. So, right. Uh, the GM at the time, Scott Aiken, uh, was, was running the team. And, and I, I seem to know, I don't want to say it to sort of disparage him or anything, but I seem to know a lot more about what was going on <laughs> around here with prospects and that sort of thing. So I was, I was giving him hints and giving him leads and, uh, I'd say, Oh, this player in, in, in Wellington's not playing a lot. He may be, he may want to, uh, drop down and play for Picton at the, at the deadline, um, you know, or, or so-and-so's, uh, looking good in, in, in this place or, so, so I was more, you know, kind of a de facto scout or, or bird dog or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. And I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily volunteering the information, but he'd give me a call and, and ask me, uh, what have you seen here? What have you done there? And, uh, and uh, so it came to the end of the uh, 09 season. And I remember uh, he says, I, I, I want to talk to you next time you're over in Belleville. I said, okay, well, I'm coming over next week for a Quinny healthcare meeting. And he says, okay, well, I, I live over in the other end. I'll meet you at Dewey's in the parking lot. And I said, okay, well, got the, got the meeting done and uh, met him there. And he says, uh, do you want to be the general manager? <laughs> I said, well, how, how is, how is this going to work? Like, what do you, what do you, he says, it's already, he says, I brought it up and, uh, you know, uh, we think you can do the job and uh, you're going to have a passion for the job. It should be a County guy that has the job. And, uh, you know, you have the connections, you know, players, you know, you know, you know, kids in the area. Um, you know, I, I can't keep doing this, uh, I'm, I'm going to step down regardless. So why don't you, uh, why don't you take it on? <laughs> I said, okay, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was that. And uh, so in, in 2009 and I, and I'd always uh, had a passion for the team. And I remember going to the, the really uh, early days when they didn't win a game. Uh, you know, I, we were, I remember when I was in high school, we were traveling uh, you know, to see them play in Napanee and, and, and different places. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I certainly had a passion for the, for the pirates and, uh, and I always wanted to see them do well. And I was always sort of bothered me that, you know, Napanee or, or would always come out on top. They always seem to come out on top. So I wanted to, you know, I thought I could, uh, I thought I could uh, do something with it. And I took it on and, 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 uh, you know, uh, wanted to go about things the right way, make sure I had the right people in place and, and, uh, you know, start a youth movement, uh, try to go with a younger group early and, uh, you know, take your lumps and, and maybe you can, uh, uh, you know, uh, build something that'll, that'll last and endure and, 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 uh, you know, um, sort of a development type idea. Cause we really didn't have anything else to offer, in terms of, uh, you know, equipment or, or travel money or, or, or student subsidies, some of the teams even, you know, we're, we're committing a thousand bucks to your college education or more. Um, so, you know, we, the only thing we really had to offer was, was, was good coaching and ice time. 
and uh, and a chance to be seen. Hey, if you're 17 and and you thought you were maybe going to get drafted in the OHL in the late rounds, or you're 17 and you didn't make a, a junior A team, uh, you know we're we're trying to build this thing so that at, at age 18, you know you can you can go and try and try and get one of those spots on a for the Dukes or or Coburg or Trenton or whoever. And uh, so that was the that was sort of the uh, the thrust early uh, to, to build this team and, and make it competitive again. And, uh, you know, had a lot of good fortune and, uh, and that sort of, uh, parlayed itself on down, uh, through the years. Uh, and even after I stepped out in, uh, in 2011, the, the foundation was there and, uh, you know, uh, different kids gone on to junior A, uh, play and then come back after, after, you know, trying their luck there. Uh, we got a lot a, a few key returnees, a few key, uh, uh, signees, some, some young superstars. And then that would turn into a, a, a Schmaltz cup championship for this town in, uh, in 2013. That's the all Ontario. Yeah. That's the, that's the OHA junior C title that up until that point had only been won uh, seven times um, east of uh, east of Toronto. Uh, it had been played for since the thirties. And it had only wow. been awarded to teams east of Toronto seven times since since like 1936 or whatever. That's crazy. Napanee, I think, had won it once or twice. Uh, Coburg Junior Seed won it a, a, a time, but they basically had been dominated by southwestern Western Ontario uh, uh, teams. Uh, you know, eastern Eastern Ontario teams did not uh did not fare very well so uh, very rare that the tubby schmaltz cup uh, ever made it to these parts and uh and then it did and uh in 2013 it all came together and uh you know i uh i wasn't covering the team then i wasn't i wasn't officially connected with the team in a in a in a in a title way but i was uh, i was on the ice uh, celebrating when 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 they ended up winning that last game yeah, I think I was there for that too. I think uh, myself and my dad came for that. And I know that it was uh, a cool moment for my dad and uh, some of his friends with the old regime as well, right? Because they, I mean, they won, I think in, it was 98, 99, they won uh, the Empire. Back then it was called the Empire Junior B League. I don't know what it's called now or what it was called. In, um, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, that was that was Picton's. Uh, so, so in 11, we, uh, we replicated that feat in 2011 and then i stepped down shortly after that but we won the uh, that's right uh, your dad with the gm and uh, and uh, mark woodward and andy murray as coaches uh, Damn, uh right. won in 99 in game seven in uh, in campbellford on saint patrick's day and you were at that game too right yeah uh, i did actually i didn't go i didn't go to that game I oh should. no yeah, no it was, I, uh, I, it was quite a I, I i really i and i went to i went to them uh, coming up through, but I don't know whether I had an exam the next day or something, something I, I just, I just couldn't go. Um, so, uh, but uh, no, so they won. And then when we won in 2011, we beat Napa knee and we also won on St. Patrick's day. Wow. So we won March 7th, March 17th, 2011 at uh, in Picton and in, uh, in game six. So we were up three, I think we we're up three, one or three, nothing. And, and kind of stumbled there a little bit, but uh, we had one chance to win at home in Game Six and came back and uh, and won it. So, uh, so that's uh, oh, I gotta 
Can you give me like two seconds? Yep, we'll pause. Actually, it's a great time for a break. So we'll come okay. back with the second okay. half. Okay. So we've covered, uh, I guess, the first little bit of the stuff I wanted to cover with you, um, sports and hockey and your origin story and kind of what brought you to, um, you know, the Pirates and some of the cool stuff you've done up until then. But uh, obviously, you know, going back to that day on the carpets, uh, talking about the Quebec referendum, um, you've had your ear to the ground in terms of news, probably on both a micro and a macro level, right? So um you've said that there's always been a natural pull to journalism. So tell us how you go from, cause I think I remember, did you get your start with the Gazette as a, a photographer? Well, yeah, no, I, I was here early. Um, so I did a co-op here through right. PCI. So go back even to PCI. Did you work on the Kindler? Remember the Kindler? Yeah. Yeah. I took, I took a journalism course with, uh, with PCI and wrote on the Kindler, um, probably second edition. I'd say the Kindler came out the year before, and then we—I uh, was part of the second group, or or maybe third, second or third group of Kindler uh, class. And then I uh, took a co-op and was here uh, was here uh, with uh, Ross Lees, uh, who was the editor at the time, and Rick Freilich and John Chambers were also uh, journalists here and spent. Uh, spent a lot of days here um yeah so that uh, that was uh that was sort of the start of uh getting my byline in the newspaper um but i didn't um uh, i i kind of wanted to be jack miller <laughs> which i know is <laughs> no i got you funny, funny to say right now but i i wanted to uh, uh be a jack miller i wanted to be involved in the ohl and and radio and and that sort of thing or or just just basically i wanted to be involved in radio and i don't really know who's probably again because uh of listening to the uh, big 800 uh on donnie ostrander's uh school bus every morning and another plug for donnie who's, who's still with us and i still enjoy seeing him um so uh so yeah so so ross pulled me into the office just before i finished up my co-op and said, uh, you know, forget this radio thing. That's that's your loony if you think that's what's for you. He says, uh, go study journalism at uh, at the um, at the uh, at Loyalist. I will have a job here for you, whether it's here or whether it's in Napanee. I will have a job for you uh, when you get out. And uh, I wasn't trying to hear that. <laughs> I was not trying to hear that. I was. I was going to be the next Rodney radio somewhere. Um, so, so I just went, I went into radio and uh, about year two, maybe in the first, uh, the first uh, half or semester, I kind of figured out that um, I was on air, like I was going through the on air uh, part portion and I kind of realized that I, at the time, probably didn't have the voice for it. Uh, and also, I wasn't really that coherent. And I, I just, I, I, if I was going to start in radio, I was moving to Dryden, Ontario, or New Liskert, Ontario, oh, wow. or, um, you know, some, somewhere far, far, far away. I was, there was no way I was living in Prince Edward County and I was being on the radio in the Quinney area. 
it just, it was not, I did not have the chops. So I finished the course. And you didn't have those Justin Anderson chops? No, I just, uh, I just, I was always going to be, you know, second banana to a, a Titan like that. So um, anyway, I finished the course and really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, so I just uh, graduated and I, like I said, I applied to jobs in New Liskert and Dryden and didn't get those. So, uh, you know, that pretty much told me. Uh, so uh, went and got a job in a factory in Trenton. Uh, I can't think of, uh, you know, no, no offense to anyone who might be doing that with their lives. And, and you know, it's where I started. So I'm not going to, uh, you know, uh, come down too much on it. But that was that was tough. And uh, and then I ended up at Stream um, doing call center work, which isn't bad. It's not bad. It's it's a job. Um, you know, the, the average uh, lifespan, uh, you know, for a career in call work or technical technical troubleshooting over the phone is about three years. I did uh, I did three years full time and then another couple of years part time. I was still working part time there while I got the, the gig at the Gazette. And, and how that came to be is, is kind of a, an interesting or one of those um, serendipitous moments i guess i was uh at my aunt wanda's house i think a lot of know a lot of people would know my aunt wanda parks um as we mentioned uh, about the uh, parksdale farms and all that uh, uh between bloomfield and wellington um i happened to be at her house one day and uh and she kind of pulled me aside and said you know you're, you're really wasting your talents at that stream like you're not you were you were made or you've you you were destined for something better than that she says what are you what are you doing to you know uh, aside from from what this is this job and and i said well not, not much uh you know reading reading blogs and uh playing slow pitch is about, <laughs> uh, is about my angle and, and the friday night hockey league and uh she says you need to be doing something and uh, she goes, you, you're, you're a writer. What, like, why, why aren't you writing? What are you, what are you doing? And uh, I said, oh, I, I don't know. She says, well, why don't you write a sports column? Write, write about something that you enjoy. And uh, so anyway, I, I kind of ruminated on that for a little while and, uh, and uh, stopped by uh, the Gazette office and Ross was still here. And uh, I said, uh, what so what do you think about something I, I could write uh you know like what, 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 could, what could i write about or uh, i'm just wondering about you know possibly doing something well uh you know we, we could use a local sports column he said you know you can mix in some national stuff if you want but i you know it'd be nice if somebody could write write something about the dukes or or uh you know, on the pirates and local baseball and or slow pitch or softball or whatever. And, uh, and he says, I, I think I could, I think I could fill that in about once a month. And, uh, he says, we'll call, we'll call the, the, um, column parking it with Jason Park. So they took me, they took me outside and took a picture of me, uh, with a, uh, beside a, uh, uh, parking meter. And so I've kind of lead it against this parking meter. That was the, that was the uh, sort of the picture that went with the column. And, and uh, you know, it was sort of a, 
you know, two or three punchy paragraphs and then on to the next thing. I'll, uh, uh, Steve Simmons, I'm loath to, uh, mention his name, but that was, <laughs> sort of the, that was so, sort of the style. Um, maybe, uh, not as, uh, uh, you know, Bad. high and mighty a tone, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, not as bad as him. He's, he's uh, yeah, bad. not, not as bad, not as, <laughs> not as, uh, not, not down as in the gutter as much right. as he would be. Um, so, uh, did that for better part of a year. Uh, maybe not even that long. Might have, might have, I might have started in the spring and, and then, uh, in November, uh, of Oh four, um, Ross basically said, come on into the office. Uh, just wanted to run something by you. So, uh, so I came at the appropriate time. He said, uh, basically I've been over the last, uh, you know, whatever, uh, three years, four years, I've hired five or six journalists. They come in, they write out a loyalist, they get a, um, a byline or two and then they want to move home or they want to they want to go to a daily or he says I'm, I'm sick and tired of hiring people only to watch them leave in six months I can't get a commitment from any of them I don't blame them but you know it's it's getting to be tough to to deal with turnover all the time he says it's you know they're, they they want to move home or they've they've got other plans they just they're happy here but you know if something else pops up they want to they want to go Cause it is, it is kind of an entry level sort of a thing for, for young people that are right out of the, uh, right out of uh, loyalists. So, so he said, I, I, I've read your writing. I think, I think with coaching, the writing's going to be fine. He says, I don't know about photography, but you know, their, uh, their digital cameras uh, shouldn't be too hard a, uh, a hill to climb to, to learn how to use them properly for you. Uh, you're young. Um, you know, you want to start in January? <laughs> and, uh, I said, yeah, sure. Let's, let's, uh, let's do it. Uh, and, uh, so that's, uh, that's why in January 3rd, 2005, I'm just looking at my uh, bronze quill that I have hanging on the wall here, which is, uh, uh recognition of distinguished service to oh, uh, cool member of news media Canada, which is a, uh, an organization and represents, uh, news outlets, uh, yeah, so so that was uh, that was it. Uh, that was the start of this uh, journey. Uh, uh, I remember that weekend I covered uh, the the New Year's levy, um, the county's levy mm -hmm. in two thousand and five. Uh, wrote a couple of agriculture stories. Uh, started to sort of think about what sports stories I could get, but uh, Ross had the Dukes and Rick had the uh, Pirates, so. Really, I uh, just latched on to whatever was going on. Any kid that bounced a basketball PCI, I was there, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to uh, to take a picture and write a story. Uh, so that was that was kind of uh, uh, the beginning of it. And uh, you know, I think just, that's important, it, though. You bring up a good point there that I, I'm grateful for a small town newspaper, and even to get into the minutia of it, like that there are people that see the merit in you know photographing that kid. That um, yeah that that did that or you know who who's got a medallion around his neck this week for uh even if it's flying a kite for goodness sakes i feel like it, it has merit in a small town like this right and it matters to people so uh yeah we used that. to we used to be able to when we had two papers and that's we started out uh, when i was here was wednesday friday 
Uh, Wednesday was That's the, right. bro- yep. the broadsheet uh, cost a buck at the local uh, local stores and was was uh, delivered. And then Friday was the uh, was the freebie in the bag with the uh, with the flyers. Um, you know, we used to be able to uh, expand and and get stuff like that in the paper. Uh, you know, we'd be hunting for stuff like that constantly. Uh, you know, the the downsizing and the streamlining is is kind of uh, unfortunately uh, robbed uh, us of that type of uh, ability mm-hmm. to uh, to cover the community like that we still we still get to 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 a lot of good things but it's uh, it's not it's not like it used to be that's for sure well I will say that I think you know you, you've done a great you're obviously the editor of the Pitton Gazette now um, so to come from the ground floor up to there uh, and I think that you've done a really good job with it man I think now more than ever, uh, you have an important job, right? Like small town, uh, independent local newspapers are important, I think. And again, like I've hearkened on this a few times, but you see some of the things that happen across the bridge in Belleville. And, you know, in terms of their news voice, it's kind of been lost, right? Like the intelligence are now is not like, I'm sorry, but it's not worth the click. It's not worth the read, uh, in my opinion. Um because it's just not the intelligencer anymore, right? Like no, it's 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 not. And I and I and I want to I want to preface this with with saying that I got a lot of I got a lot of good friends over there in that office, and uh, and you know I, I I feel for them every week. Yeah, I'm sure they're talk, handcuffed. Yeah. Talk to them, it, you know. Yeah, it, it, in a, in a in a union shop that's controlled by a yeah. by a by a big uh, a big head office somewhere that isn't isn't there. Um, you know, you, your hands are, are tied. Um, you know, they, they, they've been stripped to the bone. I think there's three reporters. I mean, you look back on their heyday and on what kind of staff they had. I mean, there's three, there's three, there's three people in the, in the office doing Mm -hmm. news. So you've got reporters now also doing layout and, and uh, you've got one managing editor and, and then not only are they doing the Intel, but they're also doing the County weekly news and the Trentonian and uh, and whatever else uh, sort of uh, post media uh, weeklies are are in the area as well. I mean, they, 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 yeah, it's 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 really sickening the way the hollowing out of that uh, of that office has uh, has has happened to a to a great daily, uh, you know, that really served not just Belleville but 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 the Quinney area and, and and us included. I mean, hey, they they get the stuff on the weekend uh, if there was big news, big fires. Yep. Um, you know, uh, you'd have got either wait for Wednesday for the Gazette to show up or, you know, you'd go out and buy an Intel and at least get, get some sort of, uh, uh, version of it. Uh, you know, obviously we'd pride ourselves on having the more local hook and, and, and being on the ground here, uh, you know, and, and, and talking to more County folks, but, uh, but still, uh, you know, there, 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 there was a, val- it was a valuable thing in our community. And, and unfortunately it's, uh, it's kind of uh withering and it's and it's and it's sad and i don't think the guys in that office would disagree with uh with that so you've covered you've been with the gazette for a long time and you've obviously uh got into the role of the editor now which is a big responsibility do you mm-hmm. feel do you feel that responsibility every week oh yeah I, I, you live with it uh night and day um you know, uh, like here, especially, uh, are there certain challenges or certain unique kind of things? Um, because like here, obviously, 
like it takes some courage and, and you've shown that courage, I think, uh, from a journalistic standpoint to dive in on certain things, right? Uh, so I, I always wonder like, what, uh, what do you choose to kind of dive into and to kind of tackle? And, you know, what goes through your, your mind? Because I will pay a, a compliment. I feel like you're very, you have a very good sense of the moment uh, from an editorial standpoint. And I feel like that's probably one of those checkboxes, right? If there was an editorial school, I, I would assume that would be an important checkbox, but you certainly do that. And I'll get into some of the more recent ones here, but just wanted to get your thoughts on how you choose to kind of press on a topic or maybe to lay off certain other ones, what the thought process is there. Locally well, specifically, I, I, I guess I I really uh, well I appreciate that compliment. I I think uh, I try to uh, you know play to my strengths. Um, you know I, I have certain strengths that I can I can I can go to uh, in in my wheelhouse. And then there's other times where you know I'm not, I feel like sometimes my writing maybe won't um, measure up to the moment that that's required. So you know. Uh, in terms of choosing um but but then there's there's other times and situations whether you're going to be comfortable or not uh whether you're going to be strong or you feel like you're going to be strong or not i'm i'm my worst critic um you you have to answer the bell uh you know this community deserves no less than than uh than a uh, on on some things that that you need to put an opinion and you need to put yourself out there and uh and if you don't then it's a it's a disservice to uh to this community uh you know sometimes you uh you have the stick and you you have to turn loose and and uh and go at somebody other times uh you know this community needs a a pick me up or a, a you know something that uh that isn't all doom and gloom and uh something that says you know there'll be there'll be a rainbow over that cloud um you know so you so you have to you have to measure the moment and uh, and kind of feel what's within you and and i guess you know growing up and living in this community my whole life uh you know my barometer my prince edward county barometer is uh, is is still functioning pretty well uh you know, if you're if you're out there in the community and you're talking to people, speaking with them, uh, discussing their problems and their uh, their uh, joys and their fears and everything like that, uh, you know, it's 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 not hard to to sit down on a Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday night and uh, and hammer out an editorial that uh, that speaks to that. Yeah, well, I think good journalism takes courage. And I think it's probably always been that way and certainly is that way now. And I think that you've, you've shown that uh, over the years and you can certainly see your confidence growing a little bit too in, in your writing. And I mean, I'm no goddamn Mark Twain. I mean, I'm nobody to offer any kind of criticism, <laughs> but um, like, I really get the feel that you're getting a lot more confident uh, in, in the role. Am I barking up the wrong tree there? Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's going to come with time. Obviously it's, we're, uh, we're closing in on year two, um, you know, so you're gonna, you're gonna feel that uh, as it, as it comes along. But, uh, but that was, that was the way when I first started writing just, just news stories, you know, it took me two years to uh, two or three years, even to feel comfortable in my own skin, feel like what I'm writing made sense. Uh, felt like, uh, you know, there was an economy of words that, uh, that you, uh, 
that you used and developed uh, as your as your career goes on and uh, and uh, you know um, that that that's that's just natural so so I think I'll be better in uh, in a year or two than I am right now uh, you know the goal is or the the hope is or uh, you know that you don't get tired you don't become you know sort of uh, jaded with the position or you you know, you, you keep that enthusiasm you had on day one, um, and you tie that to, uh, the acumen you've developed, uh, as you've, as you've progressed. And, 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 and I think that's, that's my goal anyway, to, uh, to run out, uh, to run this, run this game to the end. Well, in the vein of that courage, obviously we're on the heels of, uh, the bell let's talk day last week and your I, I don't think anything you've written has been more courageous than what you wrote in the editorial last week um, so I wanted to first of all thank you for writing that because I think it's important anytime anybody with a platform of any kind um, pays homage to mental health and kind of brings it to light and kind of pushes the needle down the road uh, any kind of any kind of way, I think that's a progression and I think that's good. So thank you. But I also wanted to plug it too, because if you haven't gone and read Jason's editorial in last week's Picnic Gazette, whether it be the hard copy or online, go and do it. Um, you talked about, you know, your own battles with mental health after an accident with a friend. And uh, I had no ideas. I mean, we're friends. I had no idea that that uh, particular instance uh, was, was so close to, like literally so close to home uh, to you and with you. So, uh, that obviously took a lot of courage to write, but how, I'm curious too, like, how did that feel? Was there a catharsis in hitting publish when you finally hit that? Like, was that part of a, a healing process for you at all? Did it feel good to get those words out? Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's something, it's writing about the the, the tragedy, uh, something that I've thought about for a while, Um you know, and whether I was going to do it through a poem or a song or, or, or something, I was, I, I knew at some point I was going to have to write about it. And I may, I, and I may write some more on it. I, I don't know, but, but I knew at some point um, that I was, it's, it's, you know, it's uh, something that uh, is with me. I maybe didn't think about it a lot when, uh, you know, uh, when you're in your, when you're in your twenties, late teens and twenties, I don't know. I, I felt invincible. Like I felt like there was no, nothing was going to bring me down and, 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 uh, you know, I could do anything and, and go anywhere. And, and, and I don't, I don't know, you, you, you hit a certain age, you get some kids and all of a sudden, um, you know, we talked about ice fishing in the first half and, you know, it wouldn't be nothing for me to go out there on some sketchy ice and fish and, and not think about it when I was, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old, um, man, you, you get some liability, some dependence and, uh, and get a little bit older and, uh, everything seems like a trap or a pitfall, or at least that's how I progressed from, from that point in, in when I was 19. Um, you know, as you get older, you, you just, I didn't, I guess I started to feel more vulnerable and, and like things, things were going to come down on me. So, um, 
yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess that's, I always wanted to write about it. And, uh, and I guess now was the time to, to share that, to, to share that story and, 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 you know, tie it in with mental health and, and, and my own struggles, my own battles. And, and I know I'm not alone, uh, you know, in, in, in what, uh, my battles have been and, and are ongoing. And, uh, but I think it's, I think, you know, I encourage anyone that's going through that sort of stuff is to, is to really reach out and, and find, you know, talk to your healthcare provider, just, just talk to your doctor, say, I've got these feelings. I've got these thoughts. I'd really like to share them with somebody that, that can maybe help me make sense of them and walk me through them. And, and if there's a, a treatment component that goes further than that, then, then explore it. I, I, when I talked, I did the work, um, you know, things, things went pretty good for me after my initial, uh, my initial treatment. And, uh, and then I had a bad, uh, you know, whether COVID started closing in on me this spring or, or whatever, it, I had uh, sort of a relapse and, uh, and now I'm on, uh, I'm on something that, that, that helps and, uh, and makes things less confusing and, and sort of, uh, you know, make uh, steadies out the roller coaster, mm. and uh, and so you know, I'm I'm an advocate for it, and I will be till uh, you know uh, for forever because it's uh, certainly saved my life. Yeah, me uh, me me too. Uh, in terms of therapy and things like that, you mentioned that in the uh, in the editorial, so I'll bring that up as well since it's yeah. out there already. But yeah, I'm in in my close circles. Like people know that I speak openly and encouragingly about talking to someone in therapy because it really made a difference to me and just talking and realizing, you know, you're not often, you're not on the Island you think you're on. And uh, I know in my darkest times, that's often how uh, my issues compound themselves into eventually. I think that here I am on an Island for me, I'm doing all of this and taking this all on and COVID, like you said, is certainly, um, compounded that even further uh, to varying degrees. Uh, there's certain times, like I just, to your point earlier in the conversation too, day by day, one day at a time, right? Like uh, today's going pretty well. Uh, I got good feelings about tomorrow too, but uh, you know, should I wake up in a different way? I'll have a tools. It's all about kind of anticipating and just knowing that giving yourself the tool set to kind of get through any given day, I find. Yeah. And it's, it's the, the problem is I think in, in our society and, and, and I didn't really go too far, maybe didn't broach this subject in it, but, but certainly, and it came up in my therapy was, uh, was a hypersensitivity to uh, news. And uh, you know, when you're not writing news in a newsroom, you're reading news in a newsroom. Yeah. So what would come up a lot of the time is okay. I'm, I'm, Basically, I don't have anything to write about right now, or the, the council meeting I'm going to cover is tonight. I'm in the office now, um, you know, so I'm reading the Toronto Star, I'm reading the Toronto Sun, I'm reading uh, national news, kind of always looking for, uh, you know, hooks. There's, we talk about uh, in the newsroom about localizing stories, so... Um, you know, so, something happens on a national level. Is there any way to take that story and turn it into you know, tie it, get a local hook and, and kind of repeat it from a local point of view, uh, you know, or, or basically take the grain of it and, and kind of make it your own. Um, so what happens when you're doing that is, is you're reading a lot of news. And if you're reading a lot of national news, you're reading a lot of stuff about, um, 
a lot of ugly stuff, a lot of bad stuff, uh, stuff to do with kids. Uh, you know, if you go through the headlines, you're, you're going to see some pretty crappy stuff every week. Uh, you know, and so, so, you know, I'd absorb that and I'd absorb another story and I'd absorb another story. And, and that really, that combined with what happened uh, in Quebec and, and the, and the whitewater rafting trip, uh, you know, the, those, those two elements uh, really messed me up. Like it really affected my mental health and, uh, and uh, you know, so, so that part of it as well is, is, is something. So, so you really, I think you have to find these pitfalls and these traps and know they're coming. And, uh, and like you said, have those tools and, and figure out how to overcome and, 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 uh, and, and, and get by and, and, and see the uh, dawn of the, of the next day. Cause, cause what I found is, is, is as bad as things seem to be in the moment, 24 hours, uh, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna hopefully straighten themselves out and, uh, and, uh, and, and you'll be, you'll be back to where you want to be. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you talking so openly about it. I, I do, because, you know, I have friends, I have uh, just, and I especially worry about my, my, my guy friends who, are, you know, sometimes, you know, the machismo uh, prevents you from admitting any kind of fallibility, right? So um, I know a big part for me was just, you know, realizing and finally having that you know, light bulb go off that, okay, uh, I need a little bit of extra help here. Uh, it's one thing realizing and noticing that, and then it's another to kind of push yourself forward to, to kind of do it. So a very important time, if anybody's listening out there and you ever need anybody to talk to, you got an open line uh, with me. Um, you've covered a lot of stuff. I don't want to leave it on, uh, on that note. You've, you must've covered a lot of fun things uh, throughout your time in journalism. What's been what are some of your most fun memories or I guess the most rewarding things that you've done uh, at your time with the Gazette? Uh, there's, there's, um, <clears throat> there's lots. Um, um, you know, I think, I think back to some of the more monumental uh, stories I've written that the stuff, you know, and I, I can't think of, of, of just one. Um, but but when you when you have a big scoop and, and everybody in the in the county is going to read it, um, you know that's uh, that's a that's a good thing. I think I think one of the most important things I've ever written, uh, looking back on it, would be um, the Matt Stevers story, and oh. uh, sort of um, not not obviously Matt's accident, but Roger and Mary uh, wanted me to come. To their house and basically they basically wanted to explain what had happened and uh and sort of uh thank the community because if if you recall um the outpouring of support it, it still exists to this day the rotary the rotary club of picton uh the money that was raised with the idea that maybe matt could be airlifted back to canada um after suffering that uh, terrible scooter accident uh you know the thousands and thousands of dollars came in and, and there's a fund for family counties or for county families uh, in case they do need travel money, like they need to get to Toronto for treatment or whatever. Uh, young people, uh, there's fun, a fund you can apply for. So so they really wanted to thank the community. And I remember it was on the front page, uh, Roger and Mary holding a picture of Matt and, uh, you know, sort of explaining him, explaining what, what kind of person he was and uh, 
And as someone who knew Matt, grew up with Matt, I know you did too, as well. Um, you know, the, I, you know, I, I put 2000 or 2,500 words together on that. And, uh, and I just remember after, you know, seeing it in the paper after I'd written it, um, this is pre-internet days, pre, pre-web days, you know, just seeing it and just, you know, basically became a pool of emotions and, uh, and, uh, thought, yeah, that's, uh, that's a pretty good, uh, milestone to, uh, to put in my, in my career. So that was, that, that's one, um, you know, some of the sports teams that have won, uh, you know, being down on the ice, taking pictures and getting interviews and that sort of thing, uh, or on the field, you know, PCI wins a, wins a CASA championship or whatever. It, you know, those are, those are always really, really fun. And, and those are the, those are the moments you kind of live for too, uh, uh, as as a reporter um did you cover the you royal know, visit when they came yeah and i did i was i was just gonna say my uh my uh accreditation badge is hanging on the wall here next That's to you uh, it's right it's right beside your uh rose for ward one picked in, uh, <laughs> hanging uh, there like which i i have a, i have a bunch i have jeff goddard for mayor i've got a few uh, i've got a few political mementos around here too just to remind me of uh, of uh, campaigns and uh, and elections that i've covered as well so uh, but yeah no the royal visit was was kind of neat and uh, uh following prince charles around and all the security and everything that was going on with regards to that it was uh, just a, an insane moment in in prince edward county history uh just uh, the, the security and everything it was it's kind of crazy so that was that's that that was a highlight for me as well yeah, I was going to say that must have been a pretty good feather feather in your cap. Not many reporters can say that they've uh, they've covered a royal visit. So yeah, good no, on you. No, it's, it's it's probably not a long list, that's for sure. Well, man, hey, I really appreciate you taking time out of your uh, very busy schedule, uh, ice fishing or otherwise, to uh, <laughs> to spend some time and to let uh, the listeners learn a little bit more about you. You play an important role here uh, in Prince Edward County, I think, and I'm sure you have lots more uh, left in the tank. Yeah. Uh, at the Gazette and beyond uh, in your future endeavors as well. So uh, also would like to have you back on, man, and, and we'll talk some more later stuff and we'll talk uh, into some news things as the pod progresses, but uh, would love to have you on as often as you like to come back. Uh, and uh, whenever you extend the invitation, uh, if I've got time, I'd be more than happy to, uh, to sit down and, uh, and zoom away and, uh, and speak about what's, uh, what's happening and my views on, uh, on Prince Edward County. I've, uh, you know, had my nose in it uh, since uh, time began, it feels like. And, uh, and uh, if people want to listen to me uh, speak about it, then, uh, you know, and, and I enjoy, uh, I enjoy your podcast and it's, uh, it's really educational and enjoyable. So uh, thanks a lot for having me. And I, anytime uh, you want to extend the offer, I'm, uh, I'm here at your service. Well, famous last words, be careful. Um, <laughs> careful but I, I appreciate it. Jason Parks, of course, he's the editor of the Picton Gazette, and uh, you can catch that uh, in your mailbox, uh, on your sidewalk, uh, anywhere you can find it uh, every week here in Prince Edward County. Thanks again. Once again, thank you to Jason Parks for taking time out of his busy schedule and his busy life to sit and chat with me for a couple hours over the old interwebs. Uh, Jason's one of those guys and one of those conversations that I'm looking to have again in person on the other side of this 
uh, crazy time that we're in right now. So I uh, really hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, I see Jason being a part of this podcast in some capacity uh, going forward in the future and kind of being a routine guest because obviously he knows what's going on in the county. This is a county specific podcast and we'll always have some stuff to talk about. Uh, on that note, though, I won't bore you uh, any longer with my diatribes. Um, really, again, this week was all about Jason and learning a little bit more about his origin story, what makes him tick, and uh, how he's doing. So, thank you for checking this out. Uh, you can find the County Cast anywhere fine podcasts are streamed, and that now includes uh, Apple Podcasts as well. So, if you listen to your podcast on the Apple podcast app you can now find us there you can find us on spotify which is probably the second most popular platform for well this platform of podcast but wherever you are looking for us please like please subscribe rate us five stars i guess that helps uh don't have any plans or any illusions of grandeur of making any money off of this that's not why i'm doing it uh but uh, especially now i'm grateful to have a little bit of a hobby uh, because I'm home a lot and there's really not a lot to do at the moment. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out. If you're on Twitter, you can find us at the County Cast. Same deal on Facebook. Just type in the County Cast into the search bar. You can like us on there, follow along. I'm not on either much anymore. Uh, not going to apologize for that. I'm just not at a time where I want to be engaged in social media that much, but I'm happy to produce this uh, when the mood should strike me and the mood struck me today. So hope it was worth your time. Thanks for coming. Hope you come back. And until next time, hey, keep washing those hands and we'll see you down the road somewheres. All right. Thank you.